leftovers, or the DMV, or house cleaning, or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. From the era that brought you names like Chamberlain, Russell, and West. The Chamberlain, he's got it! Jerry West made it from the other side of the midcourt strike! To the glory days of Magic and Kareem. Abdul-Jabbar is on the brink of an NBA all-time record. From a time where last-second shots were expected. Here comes Kobe from way outside. Got it! Oh, man! Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James! And rings were handed out like candy. Here's Jordan. It's Duncan Dynasty with your host, Garrett Bougay, and it starts right now. Welcome to another episode of Duncan Dynasty. I'm your host, Garrett Bougay, and for this episode, we have a very special guest, a fellow sports business classroom alum and a second visitor, or second time visitor to this podcast. And uh, this is also a little bit unique. He's actually live in person here. I am here. In Finley, right Ohio. Here. His <laughs> name is Evan Dial. He's, uh, he's visiting me this weekend, and we're, we're going to the, uh, to the Browns-Panthers game tomorrow. We're recording Very this on a, uh, on a Saturday. But uh, so far, he's been, uh, he's been hanging out here in Finley, Ohio. And uh, so, Evan, what have, what have you been your thoughts of the, uh, the Flag City, USA? It's, it's a nice town. Yeah. I, I've, enjoyed, I've enjoyed my visit thoroughly. Just had the second best ice cream in the, the you know, the country. It was yes. amazing. Dietz's Brothers. It's uh, it it lives up to Can't the hype. Complain. It was it definitely lived up to the hype. It whenever I uh, whenever I have a visitor, that's like one of the first places I take them to. So I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. But uh, for this episode, I figured uh, last time we were on, we did uh, league pass rankings. But that's uh, right. You're yeah. a uh, you're from the uh, Carolina area, and yeah. uh, you're a big time Charlotte Hornets fan. And yeah, uh, I don't feel like Hang it a in lot there. Of, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't feel like a lot of people talk about the Charlotte Hornets no, too often. No, they don't. So, uh, I figured we would devote an entire podcast to them. Okay, uh, yes, so, we so, deserve it. Yes, yeah, so we're going to be getting into them momentarily. But uh, we did have some some other NBA news going on. Right, and it was a, a three team trade. People Love were, trades. We're, we're freaking out about this trade over yeah. Twitter, even though we both kind of believe it, it. It's kind of inconsequential, but. You know, it's it's a trade in the NBA, and especially when it's it not, always gets excitement. Yeah, when it's uh, when it's not near the trade deadline, these are kind of right. rare. So, I'll just quickly go over the trade. Uh, the it involved three teams: it's the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Washington Wizards. The Cavaliers acquired Matthew Dellavedova and John Henson, as well as a future first round pick from Milwaukee, 
and uh, swapped second round, future second round picks with the Wizards. That first round pick from the Bucks has some protections on it, some pretty heavy protections, I would say. Yes. Uh, it's protected 1 through 14 in 2021, mm-hmm. and the reason the, the earliest that pick could come is in 2021 is because Milwaukee also owes a pick to Phoenix, which right. might go the this Eric year. The Eric trade. Yes. So it's protected 1 through 14 in 2021, and then 1 through 10 for the years 2022, 2023, and 2024. And uh, if it if the uh, Cavaliers never get that first round pick, if the protections continue mm-hmm. throughout, then it converts to two second rounders in 2025. For Milwaukee, they acquired George Hill from the Cavaliers and Jason Smith from the Wizards, and Washington yeah. gets Sam Decker in the trade. Uh, so first off, Evan, it seems like the Cavs are you know fully committed to the tank now. They're yes. they're acquiring yes, they draft picks. Yes. Uh, but uh, do you feel like this is a good trade for the Cavaliers? I think it's a good trade for all three teams. Okay. And it's a rare three-team <laughs> trade that makes sense for all three teams. Yeah. So the Cavs basically, right, they're just they're taking on cap and salary to get draft picks. Right. Player, which makes sense. George Hill did not fit their timeline. They, they drafted Colin Sexton. He's the future at point guard. So moving on from George Hill, just like they did with Korver, George Hill makes sense for the Bucks. Backup point guard's been an issue, especially since they start Bledsoe and Brogdon together. Right. And George DiVincenzo Hill, has has taken over kind of those backup guard minutes, even though he doesn't handle a lot right, of the ball handling handle, duties. Yeah, he's a rookie. So they want a little more of a veteran. Hill's obviously a little bit over the hill. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but he can still shoot. That's one thing he can do. So he can just be another catch-and-shoot guy. And yeah. obviously they need a lot of that to surround Giannis. So it makes sense. And then Cleveland gets Del Vadova, who's basically done. But I guess a fan favorite from back in the day. And, right. And uh, Henson um, is a good player, but Milwaukee was really deep at center. Henson's obviously hurt for the next five or six months with wrist surgery. And the good part of these deals for Cleveland, along with the Alec Burks they got from Utah, they can flip them again because it's for them if they want to to contending teams. And contending teams may be interested in Burks and Henson, probably not Del Vadova, but yeah. they could flip when they want. And then Washington has done something smart for the first time in a while. <laughs> Their cap situation was a mess. Yeah. Uh, Otto Porter, Ian Mahimi, like John Wall. I mean, just huge deals. They were absolutely loaded. This gives them a little bit of breathing room. They get rid of Jason Smith's salary. They get a second-round pick, or they're swapping with Cleveland. Yeah. And Sam Decker, who is an all-right young player. Yeah, he, Decker has been kind of an interesting guy to me for a while because he's he's got great size. He's about 6'9". He yeah. seems to be a, a really good athlete as well, fluid athlete. He is. Uh, you know, and it seems like every team wants those, like, that prototype of player. The idea of Sam Decker is nice. Yes. It's just injuries and, and inconsistency. And he shot just, well from three in college, but yeah, has right. never really, uh, you know, he's... He's had a stroke. Yeah, he's a capable three-point shooter, but yeah. just has never really fully figured Very that out. Very hot and cold. Uh, but for Washington, as you mentioned, in their cap situation, you know, to take a flyer on a guy, uh, yeah. you know, to take, to yeah, to not only... Uh, improve the cap situation, but now they can take a flyer on a guy right. in Decker who is still young, still uh, young, you know, yeah. s- you know, still could figure it out potentially. Um, yeah, 
you know. So yeah, I, I agree. I think it's it's pretty good for for all the teams yeah. involved. And, and then the Bucks, it helps them for this summer. Middleton's a free agent, so is Bledsoe. They get to alleviate their cap situation a little bit, right? And potentially have some more money to resign those guys. Yeah, because you know if, if this season goes as well as I'm sure Milwaukee Bucks fans hope. They're probably going to want to re-sign those couple of players because they're, they're key starters for their team. Will be throwing throwing a lot of bread at Chris Middleton this off season. Yes. <laughs> well, um, yeah, that's that's basically all we had on that right. trade. It's it's not that exciting. It's not earth shattering, uh, right? Uh, so so let's move on to uh, to the Charlotte Hornets, the twelve yes. and thirteen. As again, we're recording this on a Saturday. Uh, the twelve and thirteen Charlotte they always Hornets live around there. <laughs> yes, uh, and uh, currently Charlotte is sixth in offensive rating, seventeenth in defensive rating, and and once again, like last year and, and previous seasons, their net rating is really good. You know, being average in defense and close to the top five in offense, you know, you're you, you're a really right. good basketball team, but uh, they're losing a lot of close games. The net rating projects them to be fifteen and ten, and they're three games worse than three that. Three games under, yeah. Uh, so a lot of close losses. And, and Evan, what are what are some of the reasons why uh, the the Hornets have struggled so much in close mm. games? Nothing new for Charlotte Hornets fans. Been three years running now. Uh, just, I mean, a preposterous bad record in close games. Believe it or not, it's actually been a little bit better this year because we've won some close games. We're just still losing our fair share. Yeah. It's it's the same old issues. Um, teams load up on Kemba harder in the fourth. Yeah. And they say anyone else but Kemba can beat us. Um, defensively, we're about average, so I'm, we haven't been able to get the big stops when we needed to this season as well. We're not a great rebounding team either. That's hurt us a few times in close situations. And then just making it harder on ourselves and just and a lot of it this year, Borrego's playing around a lot of different lineups. We close with a lot of different groups, just, you know, trying to feel the hot hand and that's that's tough. But um luckily last night was a close game and Tony Parker has has bailed us out of a few close situations this year. Hit a huge jumper last night. Hit a couple big shots. So and the game against Denver that they they pulled out. Yeah, Denver has been a really good basketball team this yeah, year. Yeah, it's a big win. Stopped a three game losing streak. Um, it was our first win against the West. We were really struggling against the West teams we played. So that was big. But yeah, close games. While a little bit better have, have still been an issue. Yeah, and, and you mentioning the the idea that Kemba Walker. Uh, you know, teams basically say, you know, you've you've killed us for three or three and a half quarters, and yep. we're just not going to let that. You be the one guy that can do that. So a lot of times in the pick and roll, those teams will blitz and that's basically Denver force Kemba. Did that. To, yeah, last night they started trapping Kemba. Yeah. So that's why we're closing with Kemba and Parker together a little bit more now, just to get two creators on there. But man, it's it just that's it's. Some of it's got to be mental too, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, speaking of Kemba, you know he he's a guy that for the first three or four years in the league he he really struggled, and you know he was a yeah. guy that uh, you know entering the stage where he was about to get his second contract, I wasn't sure if he was going to make it in the NBA. You know he was shooting sub forty percent from the field for a good chunk of the of his early career, yeah. but he's he's the perfect example along with a guy maybe like Mike Conley that has continued year in and year out to just continue to keep getting better. And even still in his late 20s, he's having his his best season of his career. And he's become a guy that teams are afraid of and and feel like they got to get the ball out of his hands. 
Yeah, I mean, his first three years, I mean, there were times um, Zach Lowe did a big piece on him and he was questioning whether he even belonged. His three-point shot, when he would get it, but uh, he hired Steve Clifford five years ago, and I think that helped a lot. He changed his shot. He's a relentlessly hard worker. He gets better every year. The last three years, he's really taken off. He made the All-Star team the past two years. And then this year has just been a big explosion. He's at all-NBA level so far. He's an all-NBA player. He's cooled off a little bit recently, but it was going to be hard to keep that blistering start up. But I think a lot of it, we have more space on the floor this year. We got rid of Dwight Howard. We took MKG and moved him to the bench. So this year he has more space to operate, pick and roll. And and his pull-up three is... One of the best in the game now, and it used to be. I mean, besides Stephen Lillard, it's he's probably the third best at it, and he's really good at just setting up defenders to get smashed by screens. Yes, <laughs> yes. He's just he's got the tricks down. He's got all the craftiness. He does those drives where he just hurls his body into the defender, the truck, and then finishes these preposterous layups. Yeah. He's super strong, even though he's super tiny, and his handle's great, and he could obviously know he has the pattern and step back. He can stop on a dime, and now we're seeing 25 and near 7 averages. It's It's been awesome to watch. Yeah, he, uh, he's he got the quickness to get around players, and he's he's really developed that jump shot to the point where you yeah. said he's he's one of the best uh, off the dribble shooters in the entire league, and yeah. you know he he had a, a a back-to-back game run against Milwaukee and uh, or excuse me against Philadelphia Philly, and Boston, and then where, forty-three in Boston. Yeah, put up sixty against Philly, fifty-eight in regulation, and then yeah. scored a couple in the overtime game, and then yeah, forty-three against Boston. Yeah, just took where, over. Yeah, he was just absolutely on fire, and you know it's gotten to the point where. You know, there there are only a few players that even attempt some of those pull-up threes that he hits. There was a right. shot against Boston where he got a screen, and, and Horford looked like he was fully up to the three-point line, and Kemba yeah. still just pulled up right on right in front of him and knocked it down. Just really impressive. He, he has a green light for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, he's very confident now. And, yeah, it, he just if he just gets a little sliver of daylight, he's firing. And I think he also uses his shortness to his advantage sometimes because, like, he just gets, like, in between these, like, little crevices, especially in pick and roll and yeah. just around defenders. It's it's pretty unbelievable. And that is the one advantage to being short in basketball is right. the ball is really close to the ground. Is, so and it, yeah, he's that's why he's always, for his usage, he's one of the lowest turnover players ever. Yeah, and... Uh, you know the the big thing about Walker heading into this off season is that he is going to be a free agent. There's been yeah. a lot of rumors about you know he he seems to be happy in Charlotte, but at the same time Charlotte hasn't really been able to put a good enough team around him to to prove to him that he could no. even win one playoff series, let alone four. Uh, right. So so what's your thoughts on his impending free agency and whether or not he's going to resign and and. I guess also the the other side of things is I assume the team wants to keep him with how well he's playing. The team publicly absolutely said he wants to keep him. Kemba does like Charlotte for sure. He says he's want to stay, so right now it's all good. But uh, he's probably going to make an All NBA team this year, which means he'll be eligible for the Supermax. Yes, and and he's at an age where. Signing a guy to a super max, especially a small point guard at I this said age. Small, he's twenty eight. Yeah. Um. 
So my guess is we're not going to offer him that, but maybe like a four-year deal with the player option for five years and the money starts going down later into the contract. See if we can resign him on that. But yeah, so we've only been to the playoffs twice with him. Lost both series. Haven't been in a couple years. Kemba wants to win now for sure. Um, so it's going and our cap situation is very tight because we have the huge Batum contract. Biombo's on the books for another year. Yeah. So it's going to be hard to find a legit number two co-star to pair with him in his prime while also re-signing him. So it's. It's a bit of a difficult situation, for sure. But well, if we and, lose him, we don't have much. <laughs> right, and and that's the other hard part about finding a co-star is not only is the camp situation kind of bleak, but the draft situation, because Kemba's so good right now, he keeps them in that, you know, right. we end of the playoff like 11-14 kind of range. And it, uh, you know, occasionally you can find, like, Milwaukee drafting Giannis yes. in the middle of the first, and, right. you know, the Spurs drafting Kawhi. Like, it's possible, but, it, you Harder. know, th- those are pretty rare. <laughs> They're rare. And, yeah, our draft, you know, Kaminsky, not great. Yeah. Monk still developing. I like Bridges so far, but he's going to take time. So it's it's tough. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, that's a perfect segue. Yeah. Let's talk about the the, the okay. young stars. We'll talk about uh, the youngest. Or I guess not. I shouldn't say stars. The young players on this team. Uh, so Miles Bridges, as you mentioned, first round pick this year, uh, lottery pick from Michigan State. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's a big guy. You know, looks like an NBA Strong. player. He's got yeah. great athleticism. He's had a couple yeah. of... Uh, he's really, an athlete. He can get up. Yeah, he's had some, some great highlight dunks so far in the early going of the season. Yeah. But what's what's been your thoughts on his overall game? I like he's uh, he's calm, cool, collected, mature. He did two years at Michigan State, which I, I think helps. You know, a lot of players don't do that now. He's He's got an NBA body already. A lot of rookies just struggle with the physicality and strength of the game, but he's handled that well. Right. He's got some defensive versatility, and he actually, his shot looks weird, but he's making a good percentage of them, even though it's on not that many attempts. He's kind of still finding his way on ways he'd be useful offense, besides like wide open threes and just transition dunks. Defense, he makes some rookies mistakes still, a lot of times in switching and miscommunications and nuanced stuff, but I, I think he's going to be a really good player. I'm excited about him. I like his mental makeup. He's strong, rebounding. He just, he and that dude, he just he plays hard. Like he's just he runs his ass off. So I've I've been impressed with him so far, and he's earned Borrego's trust early. He's firmly in the rotation every night, getting more and more minutes. Uh, he had a career high fifteen the other night. So it's there's a little bit every game. You're just like, wow, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, he. He definitely intrigues me. I, I've liked what I've seen yeah. so far, but he's also one of those players, a lot like what I remember with Aaron Gordon when he first came into the league. Yeah, it's like you know, there's that was there's, a comp for him. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of tools that you like. The body is impressive. The athleticism is impressive. Right. But I, you know, it's just one of those things where you're like, he's so raw offensively. I don't know really what he is as an exactly. NBA offensive player. So and he's yeah. still figuring that out for sure. Right. Ball I mean, the sands are a screener and. Yeah, so as far as what you've seen, do you have any better of an idea of what he might be in four or five years on the offensive end? Aaron Gordon's an interesting comp. Uh, obviously, the athleticism seems strong. Right now on offense, he like he just crashes glass like he cut or, or he just 
stands in the corner and shoots corner threes. Mm-hmm. That's like about it. Yeah. We haven't asked more of him. It'll be interesting if he could grow more of like a Tobias Harris kind of player. Right. Like a combo wing, just like a bruising isolation scorer who can post up a little bit, who can become a good enough shooter, which Tobias did as his career went on. Yeah. So I think a player like that would be the best case scenario for sure. Like, I'm not sure he'll, he'll never be like a number one runner, but like if he can, I, I think a number two one day potentially is possible. With potentially pretty good defense as With, well. Yeah, and I've, I've liked his defense for the most part so far. Now, what about uh, Malik Monk? Now he's in he's in year two. He's seems in year to be two. seems to be struggling with the shot still. He's yeah. he's uh, very hot or cold at times. Hot or cold. But uh, yeah, what are, what have been your thoughts on him in the early game? I mean, he started off the season hot, then he had like a brutal five game stretch where he didn't hit like anything. He had a couple did not play coach decisions. He still struggles with defense. Uh, he still needs to get stronger. I'd like to see him attack the rim more. His shot selection, he's a lot of pull-up crazy step-backs, yeah. you know. But um, he's an NBA athlete for sure, super athletic. Um, and when he gets hot, it's it's he has some wow shots for sure, just like off-the-dribble threes. And he had a good game last night. Uh, but yeah, it's just been too inconsistent. Um, so with him, I think, you know, you're hoping for the combo guard off the bench six man Lou Williams if he can be that if he can get his offense to be efficient enough to make up for his poor defense then it's then it's worth it yeah the 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 thing that is very evident to me watching him play is the shot selection is is something there's something left so to be bad. desired it was there a disaster as a rookie but yeah he <laughs> um he he takes a lot of pull up threes yeah. really really tough contested type of shots and you know that that's the biggest thing you know the nba has gone to a lot of just three pointers and and attacking the rim to try to get yeah. to the free throw line but i think some players have have taken that to the extreme and mm-hmm. really don't show any sort of a mid-range game so right. defenses don't really respect that at all i almost think the mid-range game has got has evolved to the point where now it's like if you can just do that occasionally that sets up everything else right. as opposed to that being something Definitely. that you need to use a lot yeah, he can, and there's sometimes he just needs to, lack of a better word, just just chill. <laughs> he just some crazy threes. Uh, I would like to see him get to the rim more. I know Borrego is always on him about that because he has the athleticism. I think just I think again strength's an issue there in taking and contact. I feel like ball handling too is a, something he can continue to. Yeah, improve ball on. And, and his. I mean, his passing is even all right when he wants to be. It's just uh, you know he's young. He's just he's going through. A lot of it, but I, I'm I'm still hopeful. I think he he can be a really good offensive player one day. I'm not sure he'll ever be a good defender though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um, the Hornets made a couple of additions in the off season, including mm-hmm. uh, the the head coach James Borrego. Yeah, he's uh, he's done some interesting things compared to Absolutely. to Clifford. Clifford was kind of is more a, a conventional coach, whereas Borrego yes. seems to be more of a modern. Uh, you know, real uh, innovative thinker. What have, what have been your thoughts on Borrego this year? Uh, I was happy with the hiring. He also comes from San Antonio, which is the, a, be- a great team to come from. Learned right. a lot. Um, so Borrego is not afraid to try any lineup. I mean, we've tried everything this year. I mean, 
There was a game we were playing a rookie point guard, Graham with Parker and Kemba together. Like three point guards and just, you know, sometimes... Kind of like Rick Carlisle and the Mavericks there. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. And um, at center, some at first it was Herna Gomez behind Zeller. Now he's fallen out of the rotation. Kaminsky's back in. Even Biombo gets in in the random games. So, and sometimes it's the old guys closing games, Batum and Marvin. Bacon's been in and out of the rotation. So he's he's trying to, we're deeper this year. We're more versatile. I like his willingness to try new lineups based on matchups and just seeing who plays well with who. Yeah. I thought Clifford was always too reluctant to do that and just go with his guys too often. Uh, we're shooting a lot more threes this year. We're playing faster this year. Uh, defensively, we're switching a lot more, which has caused some problems because Clifford does not like to switch a lot. Yeah. And we're young at a lot of spots, and that's a hard thing to just get. Right. <laughs> and teach and communicate. So that's. We actually started the season okay in defense, but now teams are kind of fingering us out a little more. Kemba can always be attacked there. So he's putting in a lot of new stuff. I still. Even. Over 20 games in the season, I still think he's figuring out a lot about our players and rotations and how to best mend them. But I think the stylistic changes he's made have been great. I think the players really like him. He's got their respect. So I think it was a good hire. And I really I like his willingness to just try new things. Yeah, the uh, I noticed really early on in the season he was playing MKG at the five, which I really liked. We tried that at the five. Yeah. We played Marvin at the five at times this yeah. year. Like so, a lot of really small lineups, um, which offensively have been huge. We're six in offense, right? And that's been big. Uh, we we're very reliant on the three ball, though. We don't drive a lot, but when our threes are hitting and we're playing fast, we're we're a good offensive team. But defensively, that's led to some rebounding issues. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, over the the final three fourths of the season, if the if the switching defense, if the team starts to figure it out a little bit more, and, and maybe can make even a little bit of an improvement there. Where yeah, I imagine the offense is probably going to come back down to earth a little bit. Right. Uh, if we uh, could get it to even out, and then. If our de- Be close I to the top ten yeah. on both ends. If, we're, if you're top ten in both, you're you're a good team and you're a playoff team, probably. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, the Borrego, I seem it seems like has really helped Kemba in terms of the spacing on the floor, taking MKG yeah, out of the starting spacing. lineup, as you mentioned. So he he's done a lot of good things. I've been really impressed by him. The other yeah. the other addition uh, on the player side of things uh, this off season was Tony Parker. Yeah, and uh, you know obviously longtime Spurs. Shocking that he uh, left the San Antonio. It seemed right. like he was going to end random. his career there. <laughs> but uh, the uh, the Spurs seeming to be uh, kind of on the the down end of uh, of their long illustrious run. They might miss the playoffs for the first time in in twenty, 20 plus years. years. Yeah. But so so Parker now in Charlotte, and uh, he's he's an older player now. He's not as good as he was even four or five years ago. Yeah. But uh, still, you know, with Charlotte's backup point guard situation being so horrible over the last couple of horrible. seasons, it seems like he's been an upgrade at that spot. Absolutely, the best backup point guard we had since. Um... Jeremy Lin the year we went yes. to the playoffs and um I was I questioned the signing I thought he was pretty washed he's 36 or 37 
and we signed it for a two-year, $10 million deal. But I kind of got it. Borrego had his guy from San Antonio. He's a good veteran. And uh, he's on the court. He's been far better than this. He had a great game last night. I think he had 16-7. and seven. Um, he's he had a he had a twenty four eleven game earlier in the year against Miami. He's had a couple really big moments in the fourth quarter, closing out games, and his leadership has been big, helping out the young guys. Monk, I think he's even helped. I was talking to you about this last night. Kemba just learned some crafty draw foul moves, right? All that you know, Tony Parker bullshit he does <laughs> back in the day. But if it works, it works. And but this year, I, he's looked fresher. I think he's gotten healthier from last year. He shows he's still got some moves. Mm-hmm. He had a gorgeous spin move take last night. I was I was like, whoa, I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he. You know, that's one of the things where yeah, maybe if you're in the the same old situation and and you're getting older, you're not quite as good. The motivation isn't really there. Whereas a change right. of scenery sometimes can can revitalize guys a little I bit. I think absolutely. I and think and even with it. a guy like Mark Gasol. For Memphis, you know, yeah. they, they were just really bad last year, and seemed he seemed to be right. kind of washed just as well. Yeah, now he's kind of revitalized, and yeah. I think, I think Parker's enjoying being the old veteran and helping out, and he's liking it so far. So I was wrong about that one. It's been a good pickup that's helped a lot. Yeah, and you know, we were talking earlier with Kemba about the the close games and the, and Charlotte's struggles and. As you mentioned, they've won a couple as of late, and a lot of that has to do with, with Tony, with Tony Parker. Parker. You know, yeah. the Kemba, you know, carrying the offense for for the first forty two minutes. You can see a lot of times yeah. down the stretch that he's they just really Tony. tired, right. and he needs somebody to help him out on a possession, possession here, possession yeah. there. He and Parker has occasionally been able to do that. Yeah, he's done that a few games. Hit a few big jumpers. Even that Boston game, he had a few big ones in the fourth and. He's he's been huge for us. Obviously, there'll be a few games where you just don't get a lot for him, but for the most part, he, he's he's been great for sure. Yeah the uh, the other thing that's helped with the spacing a little bit I've noticed is uh, the center's shooting a little bit more from downtown. You know, Cody Zeller has he's extended to flirt his range. with it a little yeah, bit yeah. on occasion. And uh, even Gomez uh, Hernan Gomez, Kaminsky yeah. always shoots threes. Right, and uh, Biombo obviously doesn't, unless no. I've, I've missed anything. But <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. but, uh, but can't yeah, make anything. Having having a stretch five, I think, also helps with with the spacing, and, and it seems like more and more teams are starting to go that route. Yeah, that that'll be big for Cody. Um, offensively, always he's just been mainly a screen guy who just can finish a little bit around the basket, and that's about it. Like. He doesn't even, he runs the floor. He doesn't even really, gets an occasional offensive rebound, doesn't post up, but he's starting to take a few threes. It's kind of that slow, I need to be wide open in like five seconds of time, Jonas Valanciunas kind of three. Right. So he still doesn't take a lot of them, but I'm glad he's flirting with it. Hernan Gomez actually has a pretty solid stroke. I would actually like us to play him more. I know mm-hmm. he has some defensive issues, but he can help us with rebounding. He's a pretty good shooter. He can score inside. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, overall, I think he's a really good offensive center. Yeah, it's, it's the yeah. defensive side of the ball that, that gives him issues. It's the, and yeah, so we've been, and then Kaminsky is, Kaminsky's a solid shooter. He's, since he's got back in the rotation, he shot pretty well. So, yeah, we have a lot, basically every, even MKG is shooting a few threes now this yeah. year. So Almost attempting one a game. Yeah. Everyone on our team, except for Bismack Biombo, attempts threes now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's definitely, I mean, last year we had Dwight and MKG starting. and 
Yeah, so yeah. it's been a big difference. Yeah, MKG's shot doesn't look any better, but he is uh, he is occasionally He's hitting a little bit more now. <laughs> he had two in one game the other. I was like, what is this? <laughs> right. Yeah, his his shot isn't isn't very pretty, and similar to uh, Joakim Noah, who apparently is back in the league now with Memphis. We Huge game him. last yeah. night. Yes, uh, pumping up the crowd as he normally does. But, Point uh, Noah. <laughs> but. Uh, a couple other guys on the perimeter that I thought we, we could talk about a little bit is, uh, for one, Batum. Uh, he's a guy oh, yeah. that, uh, you know, as you mentioned, on a on a huge contract, getting overpaid for sure. But, $24 uh, million, three more years. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I was looking at his numbers. His numbers aren't actually too bad. He's shooting over 36% from three for the season. But he seems to be a guy that game in, game out, you don't really know what you're going to get from him. The game against uh, the game against Philly, uh, Borrego just completely took him out in the second half after playing about three minutes to start the third quarter and said, "Oh, you're you're this isn't your night, so we're not going to go with you anymore." Right. It's you know with him, he kind of needs the ball in his hands. His best skill has always been his passing, but mm-hmm. now with Kemba, Parker, even Lamb and Monk, they had the ball in their hand more. And Batum's not quite good enough shooter from three to just be a catch and shoot guy. He's all right. And then it just he had his best game of the season Wednesday in Minnesota. He had like seventeen, eight, and eight, and then just did nothing last night. We moved him to the three this year. He has been better defensively this year. He's a little better guarding bigger wings than the small, quick guys give him problems. But you know, obviously for his contract, he's always going to be a bit of a disappointment. And there'll, there'll be nights he, he's he's not going to close. It just he's kind of a player you have to feel out how he kind of starts the game and if he's into it and playing well and if not you just rest him. But we're not going to be able to move him, so we're we're kind of just stuck with him. Well, and I think the it's it's pretty important for their for their defense. Even though I feel like Batum has been a little bit of an overrated defender, but he has good size and decent instincts. You know, so yeah, in, in the games where he he really struggles. I imagine a lot of times they'll just go small with either Monk or Parker. So in, in those situations, I feel like you are sacrificing a little bit on defense there. You so, are. So he is important to to the team's success yeah, if they, they want to make the playoffs. Yeah, still need him in the rotation yeah. for sure. Yeah, he's uh, Marvin's probably our best overall defender, I would say. He's just a really smart, versatile defender. But Batum and, and MKG, too. Yeah. Probably be the top two, but then... Batum, he's yeah. His defensive numbers have been pretty good this year, so I mean we do need his defense at time, and sometimes he can have hit some few threes. He's still a good passer, so we still need him, even though he's very frustrating. Yes, the uh, another another key perimeter player on this team is uh, is Jeremy Lamb. He's a guy yeah. that uh, over the last Having couple of years, season. yeah, has. Has has shown some promise. I think last year was his first kind of breakout year, where he yeah. really showed that you know he could be a productive player and, and a borderline starting caliber guy. Uh, and you know he's he started a lot of games for the Hornets this season. And you know he uh, on a typical team, I feel like he'd be a really good like third or fourth option. Right. But on this Hornets team, due to the lack of uh, real explosive scoring outside of Kemba, he's he's, he's uh, acting as the second. Now. Right. Yeah, and it's. I mean, this is his first year as a full-time starter. Um, he's having his best year. He's above-average shooter from three, which used to be an issue for him. He's become like an average defender now. I'd say he used to be a liability, but now he's 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 solid. He competes, and he's probably our best driver on the team for a team that doesn't have a lot. So mm-hmm. he is important. He's an under. He's a he's a decent passer too. 
Last night he was a little cold, but before that he had like seven straight games of 18 points plus, so he can score a bit. He's a good athlete, he's long, and the question, he's a free agent too this summer. Right. So that's the other, with signing Kemba, will we be able to sign both of them? Right now he only makes $7 million. he's probably a $14 million player. Right. I'm I'm sure he'd get a contract around, so if we keep both. I mean, just and being a not, long wing in, in free agency, like, with, with any skills, you know, yeah. you're, you're going to get some money. He's a legit six 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 seven long, and he's a good enough shooter. Yeah. And drive, so teams will want those kind of players for sure, and he's still pretty young, because he only did one year of college, so I think he's only 25 or 26. Yeah, and he's got, you know, not just the being able to spot off off the ball and hit shots, but the ability to create his own yeah. shot as well. You know, yeah. he's... He's got a decent touch in the mid-range. He can hit some yeah, floaters as well. Yeah, he loves his floater. Oh, yeah, he's, he's go-to is one of the floaters. He's hit some big end-of-clock shots for us. Uh, but I wonder with free agent if, he's, if we do make a move at the deadline, he's a part of it. <laughs> yeah, so that's a perfect segue anyway. towards uh, the, the idea of what this team might need get coming at the trade deadline or in the buyout market. What uh, what positions maybe should they be looking out for, and is there any players you have in mind that uh, that would be good fits with this group? Well, it's so it's up the direction the franchise want to go, and I do believe that direction is we want to build a good playoff team that will a make the playoffs and b not embarrass themselves once they're there, and especially the pressure of Kemba being a free agent adds to that. Uh, I know we've already called Washington about Bradley Beal, and. Um, I was willing to throw Marvin Williams, Malik Monk, Jeremy Lamb, and Frank Kaminsky all in there. Oh, four for one. <laughs> four, and the oh, and they would throw like Morris into oh, or something. Gotcha. Yeah, for a little depth. Uh, they wanted Bridges and Monk, which I agree is too steep of a price. I wouldn't give them both of those. But uh, it's hard to find a player like. Bradley Beal, like a good star player, win now who we could get at the deadline. So we may have to just do a smaller move that's more based off need. But um, Lamb may be moved. I think Kaminsky's likely to be moved. Maybe even Hernan Gomez. If we could also, in the process, find a way to get off a little cap, that would be great. <laughs> right. Well, and yeah, Lamb certainly is an interesting trade candidate because, as Lamb you mentioned, very interesting. you know, he's he's going to be in a free agent. He's an expiring contract. So if if Charlotte feels like they don't want to pay him this off season, and you know, he has some value to another team, like he he very much is a is a likely be the player move, gone. And we could Monk could fill some minutes there. Even Parker we play Kemba. We have Dwayne Bacon there, who I well, saw and if they're like. getting a, a, a guard some, in the return, and we get a guard, return, that'd know. be fine. So I think Lamb may be our our utmost uh, trade candidate. Yeah. So what are your thoughts in terms of this team and and projecting them out the rest of the year? Do you think this is a playoff team? The East especially the bottom of the East, hasn't looked as strong as we may have right. expected so, with Miami and Washington both struggling. They're both struggling. So the top five in the East, I think we would all say is settled, right? It's yeah. Toronto, Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, Indiana in some order. So it'll just be some some slack fighting from average to below average teams. Um, I think we do make the playoffs, even at around a 500 record, 41-41. I think it'll probably be us, Detroit, and maybe even Orlando, depending on which if Washington blows it up or not. 
But uh, I think this is a playoff team in the East. We'll obviously lose in the first round, <laughs> as yeah. is. Yeah. But uh, I, if we do not make the playoffs with this team in the East, that's a disappointment for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, uh, I also would like to uh, to issue an apology to you because when we did our league pass rankings, I believe I had Charlotte ranked 29th out of the yeah, 30 Yeah, way too harsh. Yes, it, it was. Fun. And, and yeah, with with the way Kemba yeah. is playing, they yeah. are they are really fun to watch, and especially Kemba is is yeah. an absolute joy to watch. It's it's been fun. Uh, it's been fun watching the Hornets this season, and uh, Evan. Uh, it's uh, it's been fun having you this weekend, and thanks Thank for you. thanks for doing this pod. Absolutely, my pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Duncan Dynasty. If you'd like to support the show, you can follow me and the program on Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also leave a rating and review. You can email me at g-bugay, B-U-G-A-Y, at onu.edu. Uh, you can uh, give me any questions, comments, concerns, compliments. I'd be happy to uh, to hear from you, and uh, hopefully I can get back to you as well. You can get a hold of me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Garrett Bougay. Garrett is spelled with uh, two R's and two T's. You can also uh, catch me on Twitter at Garrett Bougay. I plan on airing episodes just about every Wednesday with occasional breaks throughout the uh, the entirety of the 2018-19 season, including the off-season. And uh, if you're if you're starving for more content, I urge you to check out any of my guests' previous material. Uh, a lot of the guys I have on have their own podcasts as well and do a lot of interesting stuff. Thanks again for listening, and have a great day. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House Cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com Internet for details.